The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about communication, and we've talked about communication in many, many ways, but now we're going to be talking about communication with our deceased loved ones. And as you know, you and I both like to watch the, Ro- the Long Island medium on TV and see all these people who are contacted by their loved ones through her. We've also seen James Von Prague. And then I saw this wonderful book that I just finished reading. It's called Hello, Anyone Home? And this is a guide on how our deceased loved ones try to connect through the use of signs. And this is by Joseph M. Higgins. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Joseph. Uh, He is coming to us from the East Coast. He is a psychic medium who has had that ability since an early age. And he's taught classes in mediumship and spent many years learning meditation techniques that helped him to fine-tune this gift that he has. Joe has brought relief and comfort to countless people while helping explain common themes that he sees in contact with those who have passed on to the other side such as how important our interactions are with each other, and that can help in our spiritual growth. He's worked on missing person cases, cold cases, and murder investigations, as well as connecting clients to their loved ones. Joe has become a leading authority on how signs are given and received from the departed and is the author of two books, one of which I told you I have right here in front of me, Hello, Anyone Home?, a guide on how our deceased loved ones try to contact us through the use of signs, and another book called The Everything Guide to Evidence of the Afterlife, a scientific approach to proving the existence of life after death. So I'm really thrilled that he joined us. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, you know, I remember many years ago, I read Raymond Moody's books on life after life, and uh, Life After Death, and all sorts of books like that. So I've been a real avid uh, proponent of trying to learn more and more about this connection. So tell me, how did you get into becoming a medium? Well, I was born, uh, I I believe I was born with it, because I I was always always very sensitive to things at an early age, and I could sense that there were people around me, even though there there was no one around. And as I grew up, um, and started to develop my gift a little bit more, then I learned how to communicate, actually, with some of these entities. And, uh, 
And how did your parents feel about this at the time? Well, I didn't tell them. And I think back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, a lot of people just kind of kept it, you know, kept it very quiet because it wasn't as popular as it is now with all the TV shows and the books. Um, back then, everyone just kind of, if things happened, you kept it to yourself or some close friends. And I didn't tell anyone until probably my 20s. Uh, then I told a couple of close friends, and that was, that was about it. But I think in this day and age now, it's much more popular. I think people are a lot more open about their abilities or, or uh, seeking out someone that has the abilities to contact. Right. So what, to help my audience understand the difference between a medium and a psychic or a psychic medium, what is uh, what are those different well, uh, labels? I think someone, someone that's a psychic uses senses beyond the normal uh, sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. I think we all have some type of psychic ability, and that's, you know, people have always had the uh, you know, the guess that, you know, a phone rang or something like that, someone pops into their head, or if they haven't seen someone in a while, um, and they were thinking about them, and then they saw them two weeks later and say, hey, I was just thinking about you the other day. I think that's a little bit more of a psychic ability. A mediumship ability is actually having the ability to connect with specific spirits on the other side. So all mediums have that psychic ability, uh, but they also have the extra pot where they can actually communicate with individuals. Oh. Uh, and, people, and people with psychic ability just have an ability to use other, like a sixth sense right. uh, beyond, beyond their regular senses. Right, right. So did people come to you from your past? Is that how it started first? Like people that were your, in your family that had passed on that came to talk to you? Is that the first um, people who had passed on that were talking to you? Well, actually, the first contact uh, were some people I didn't know, but uh, eventually when my father came through, my father uh, passed when I was very young. And when my father comes through, I smell cigars because mm. um, he loved, loved to smoke cigars, and no one in the house smoked cigars after he had passed. And he still does it to this day. Matter of fact, when I was writing the book, at one point I was on the computer and you know going crazy on the uh, word processor, and uh, the room filled up with cigar smoke. I was like, Dad, I know you're here, but you've got to pull back. You're choking me. <laughs> But, uh, it, he was trying to help one, you. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of the signs, and, and they like to use those signs of, uh, you know, especially like smell and sounds, things that we can relate to, mm-hmm. so you know who it is. Right, right. Now, so let me tell you, are there any common themes that you encounter during your readings? Yeah, actually, there's a lot of themes that, uh, you know, through the readings that keep coming through. And one of the biggest one is no regrets. They really don't want us to live our lives with regrets because we're here to experience life, to live it. Don't be afraid to do something or to take a chance because they really want you to have the opportunity to go out and live your life. So that's a big one is they don't want any regrets. Hmm. And they really do want people to put things in perspective about um, love and treating people right in, in their relationships. You know what I always wonder is, um, if they're with us, what the heck are they doing over there? I mean, are they in school? Are they, you know, I I was just watching one just the other evening uh, with uh, the another psych, you know, medium psychic, and um, you know, they these people were coming through and saying, you know, I am with you. Well, if if they're with you, and and they're growing up, if they're a child and they're growing up, like. 
can they be with you and be doing something else at the same time? What the heck are they doing over there? Yeah, they can actually do that because they're with us. The only thing we have to do is think about them or if we, we talk to them or pray or say a prayer or something like that. They can pick that up, and they have the ability to pick up feelings and conversations or, you know, if you're thinking about them, from different people. So you could have three or four siblings thinking about mom on mom, Mother's Day and should be able to pick up each individual's own feelings. Um, and on the, on the other side, a lot of them are continuing to learn. Some people, I know uh, a friend of mine was a medium, and years ago I, got a, you know, I, asked, I asked him for a reading, and, I, and he said my dad was uh, enjoying his retirement because he passed at a young age and he never had a chance mm. to enjoy retirement, so he was just kind of relaxing on the other side and, and doing the things he would have done, while others um, I, I, I contact they seem to be going to school and they're learning things and they're and they some of these people entities they pass that information to people here on this plane and i think that's where we get a lot of our creativity a lot of our inspiration uh... from our scientists our writers obviously from musicians and uh... and artists you know it's funny sometimes um, i have friends and it's happened to me and my husband as well where someone who's passed on will come in a dream and one night my husband told me that he had a dream that he saw his mother who had passed. And it, she just came in and she was he was like saying, hey, mom, mom, how are you? And she goes, I'm doing fine. I'm on my way to class. Got to go. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, it was like, hey, I'm here. I'm okay. Just got to go. And then he woke up. It was uh-huh. he, it was very vivid for him. Well, that's, that's one of the ways you can tell a true sign. And one of the, the easiest ways for them to communicate with us is through dreams. And with that particular process, if you have a very vivid dream uh, of a loved one and it stays with you for months or years later, then you can tell that's an authentic sign because a lot of times our dreams, they'll just come and go and you might remember for a couple of days or you might not even remember them at all. But some of these vivid dreams, you'll remember years later like you had them the night before yeah. and that's how you can tell that that's an authentic sign from someone that uh, has passed on. Right. I remember one time when my father-in-law passed, I was very close with him. And right after he died, I it was the most vivid dream that I was holding him and hugging him. And I could feel him. And I and I saw him come through, you know, cl- my sliding, he was outside my sliding glass door. And then I opened the sliding glass door and he came in and I was holding him and I was talking to him and you know, it was just amazing. And then I I really thought he was there and I woke up and, you know, I looked at the sliding glass door and he wasn't there. And I was like checking all over the room because I really thought he was there. But I it was I, I was sure that he had visited me. I was well, absolutely that's, that's, sure. Right. Because you could tell it was so vivid. That yes. He was so positive. He just wanted to come and say, listen, I made it to the other side. I'm still around for you. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it was a that was a really nice way of saying it. Yeah, and you know this the show is about healing conflict, and a lot of times people will pass who we've had conflict with, or that we've been in conflict about something that maybe we weren't there for them enough before they died, or there's that inner conflict either in us or between us or between family members afterward. So, do you see that? Do you see conflict between? Uh, people who are alive and deceased family members yeah. do you see that well, tell us about I, that well I, I i gave a reading to a a young man night well his late 20s early 30s a few years ago and um he wanted to talk to his grandfather and his grandmother came through 
And uh, so he said hi, and, and he said, no, but I really want to talk to Grandpa. I don't want to talk to Grandma. And the the grandmother on the other side, I could actually see her. Um, she became so, she was like a nice little old grandmother. But after about 10 minutes of this, and he was like, no, no, I don't want to talk to her. She became very angry. Huh. And, and and the whole the whole reading kind of shut down because there was a reason for her to come through, and he didn't allow her to share some information that she had for him. Wow. And I think, you know, he ended up not getting the information he should have gotten because he was stuck like, oh, I want to talk to someone else. I don't want to talk to her. Mm. And he, he didn't. And he realized it was her, and I was like, you know, you're kind of shutting off someone in, in this extraordinary circumstance. I said, you know, you're missing out on an opportunity. So, I mean, that was kind of a, you know, that's that's kind of an experience, a big experience to be very, you know, it, you don't turn them off here on this plane, let alone after they've passed. Right. What about, do you ever talk to someone who maybe has a lot of inner conflict because they they feel that maybe they feel guilty that they weren't with that person when that person died or they couldn't do enough for them? Do you ever... Have that experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of times the, the deceased one will say, you did what you could, or you couldn't be there. I understand it, but I knew how you felt. So mm. get rid of the guilt. They really want us to, to, that's another big common theme is get rid of the guilt because we have a tendency, you know, we have a tendency to forgive others, but we don't forgive ourselves. And we carry around this burden of guilt a lot of times when it's not necessary. Mm. And they want us to release that because, you know, a lot of times, for whatever reason, people feel guilty, like, oh, I wasn't enough, spent enough time with mom, but maybe you had other obligations, take care of the children, and they can understand it. Um, so be easy on yourself. Yeah. So how do the people who have passed on give us new perspectives? Do you see that, how when you've worked with someone and you've done a reading and someone's come through, what are some of the... Um, the insights that they get, you know, a, from that. I had a lady, um, probably in her mid forties or fifties that had passed and we just started the reading and a relative of hers came through and we started, you know, she recognized who it was. And all of a sudden I heard someone saying, I have to come through and talk to her. And I said, I have another woman here and she wants to come through and, and talk to you. And I described it. She goes, no, I don't recognize her. So the reading went on a couple more minutes and we discussed some more with the person that she did recognize. And then the, the, the lady came back, and she goes, no, I have to talk to her. And I said to the lady, I said, this lady says she's got to talk to her, to you. And she's like, no, I don't recognize her. You describe, I don't know who she is. I said, okay, well, I'm going to ask her to go away, and we'll go back and talk to your other relative. Two minutes later, the lady came back and says, no, I have to come through and apologize. So then I told her, and I said, we're going to stop now because this is the third time this has to mean something. And the lady said, I know who it is, and I knew who it was right at the beginning. She said, that's my mother. Oh. And the mother wanted to come through to apologize to her, and it turns out that the mother had abused her. Oh. And she said, all right, Mom, I understand that you had a rough upbringing, and I understand why you, you abused me. And the mother said, no. That's still no right to treat you the way I did. Mm. So it was very interesting, and she said, I had to come through and tell you that I'm sorry because I can see it from this perspective. What I did was wrong, mm. and there's no excuse for what I did. 
and the adult the adult child was trying to you know trying to say it's okay, mom, and uh, she said no. You have to accept the fact that your mother abused you, and I'm sorry. And there was such growth on both sides from the mother coming through to say that, and the daughter finally accepting it and mm. not enabling. You know, it almost sounded like she was enabling the mother when she said, "Oh no, you had a tough upbringing. That it's okay. That's why you you hurt me." And mother was like, no, 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 that's, that's, not a, that's not the right excuse. So her mother but, had some tremendous insight on the other side. Yes, big insight, because, mm. and the daughter had been, you know, like I said, she was in the late 40s, early 50s, and she was still making excuses for her mom mm. about the way she treated him. But the mother jumped in right away and said, no, that's, you have, that's no excuse for the way I treated you. So then the daughter finally accepted that, and there was a great healing, because I could feel it. Yeah. The side and that side, and it was kind of like perfect conflict resolution. But the thing is, you don't want it to get to that point where you have to do it from that plane to this plane. If you can iron out a lot of your conflicts here on this plane uh, before you go over there, um, it's much better off. Oh, yeah. I, I know that um, when my mother was dying, I was... I had luckily, like about a year before she died, I had gone to um, a psychic or an astrologer, and she said, you have something to work out with your mother, and I suggest you do it soon. And I remember just um, talking with her, and she never knew how I healed, but I asked her about her own life, and it was a healing for me and her at the same time. Whether So she didn't even really have to know what happened or how I felt that so badly. It just was a healing, and it was really beautiful, so that when she did pass, there wasn't anything left to resolve, you know? That, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. People need to try to resolve it when they're still here. And, and the other person, you don't have to put it on that the other person has to accept it. If you try and you, and you get it out there and you speak your piece and whatever problems you have and then let it go, then when the person passes, they're going to see it from a different perspective. But you won't have any guilt. You won't have the, uh, the, the second-guessing of, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that. Right. And I was, so, I was so happy that I could do that. And, you know, I've been with friends who've said that they couldn't resolve things ahead of time. So I've, I've told them, hey, you know what? Talk to them now. They're around. Tell them now all the things that you wanted to tell them, you know? anything that you want to be sorry for, because I'm sure they can hear you, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's, that's a great, great piece of advice. If you still have some conflict and the person has, has passed on, release it by saying, you know something, this is the way you made me feel, or this, this was this situation, and, um, you know, I just I need to get this off my chest, and they'll feel it. But then, then you have to move on, yes. and you can't, you can't continue to be in that turmoil. You have to release it. And when you do that, on the other side, they, they can see the whole, the whole problem, uh, you know, starting to dissipate. And, and that way, you're not caught up with it. You can go on with your life, and it's, um, it's very healing. And it's not, it's not like, it, especially if it's an abuse or something like that, it's not giving the other person power over you. It's giving power to yourself because you're releasing almost like the chains that yes. have connected the two of you over this particular conflict. Yes, that's that's so beautiful. We are speaking with Joseph Higgins, who's the author of Hello, Anyone Home? A Guide on How Our Deceased Loved Ones Try to Contact Us Through the Use of Signs. 
And I, I thought that was, what I thought was really interesting is, is your guides were kind of writing this book at, at points in this book. And so tell us how you kind of got in touch. Are the guides also people who have passed or are they angels? Who exactly are these guides? A lot of the guides that work with me on, on a particular project when I'm writing a book, um, some of them will be guides that are very good in communication. We all have guides through our life. I mean, we've all heard about guardian angels protecting us. But we also have guides that come through our lives at different points. And in this particular circumstances, I have guides that are very creative. Some of them might have um, experience, like, like I said, in communication with that side to this side so that I can get the information out. And then, depending on whatever book it is, I might get information uh, on that particular source. So on this oh, Hello, Anyone Home book, I got information on signs and how the whole process works. On the book I'm working on now, I'm bringing through some veterans and uh, getting some information about veterans to help other veterans. Mm, that's that'll beautiful. Be com- that'll be coming out in January. Oh, that's great. So when we talk about signs, I know I've always asked for signs when a loved one passed, and uh, this is a, a, a funny story. My nephew had asked for a sign after his mother died, and it was winter in Chicago, and he said, I want a purple flower. That's the sign. And he went to the cemetery about oh, um, about three or four weeks after my sister died, and that was in January. It was very cold, and snow had been out there, and he goes, I want a purple flower. And lo and behold, there was a little pansy that that he saw at right near my sister's, um, you know, where she was buried. Right. And, and so then I went to the cemetery out here in California and um, went where my parents are. And I figured, well, my sister can come too. She can come through this. And um, I asked for a sign. I said, okay, I want a bird. I want a beautiful bird. I want something to do with a beautiful bird. And I thought, okay, that that's going to be my sign. I heard this after my nephew. And I, and I went and I sat and there, you know, in, in this beautiful um, cemetery overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And I sat there and I talked to them and I was waiting for this bird. I'm waiting like an hour and no bird comes, not anywhere. So I was feeling pretty rejected. And I go to my car and all over the front of my car and the passenger side window was bird dew. <laughs> you asked for it. I asked for it. And I thought, this is my sister's comedy you know she goes you wanted a bird you don't believe it i'm going to show you a bird and i mean it took me forever to get that off my my windshield and i am i was hysterically laughing i thought oh my gosh you've got to be careful what you ask for well it was it was uh, that's a perfect sign because like your sister you're saying your sister with a you know with with her yumo came through and um it was the best way to get you yes it really was, and, and so I laughed about it. So so I really do believe that there are signs. So tell me, if anybody wants to come through to me, I would love it, you know. So do you have to get into, like, a meditative mood, or what happens? Do they just come to you? So, like, if we're on the phone now, is anybody around? If I'm talking about them, are they are they thinking of coming through, or what happens? It depends, because sometimes, you know, I could be sitting with someone and people will come through for a reading that I'm doing later on at night or tomorrow, which is very interesting. Um, so it, it just it's a matter of if they're ready to come through or if there's something important they want to talk about. Um, but it seems pretty clear now, unless you know someone over there on the other side who like to ski, because I'm seeing you know someone skiing a lot right now. So... Mm. Not that I can think of. No, they're not skiers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
well, all right. Um, so let's talk about this. If if anybody comes through, let me tell. Just let me know. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, here people we're talking. I hear I am a lawyer and and very left brain, but I'm open to this. So anybody who's listening to my show all the time might think this is kind of weird. But um, do you think science is now more open to this kind of possibility of of this survivable consciousness? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason I wrote the second book, the, the publishers wanted something that was really down to earth, um, not theoretical, but something with a little bit more science bite to it. And what I discovered is there's a lot, a lot of evidence. There's a lot of studies that have been going on. You talked about Dr. Raymond Moody. He's been doing it, he did it for years, decades. Yes. And has thousands and thousands of, uh, of studies. And now they're getting into quantum physics and the reality of subatomic particles and near-death experiences and, 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 you know, everyday people having experiences like in emergency rooms and hospice centers, and they're talking about it more. Like I said, like 30, 40 years ago, they really didn't talk about it. Now they are. So what we're seeing is millions of people having these experiences and legitimate studies being done by hospitals, doctors, um, researchers, and then scientists when it comes to quantum theory and uh, quantum mechanics, just, just the makeup of, of, of our reality and uh, how that works. So it, it's, just, it's really starting to come around where it's, it, it's, it's being more legitimately looked at. I wonder if there's something that is um, a little bit different in your brain and in the brain of those who are um, able to be mediums some some kind of a a lobe or something that that is different than it is in a brain that doesn't that isn't able to be a medium. Do you know if there's any studies like that? I don't think there's any uh, for a physical difference. I think it's the uh, it's just a sense. We have a sense, um, uh, like a quiescentium, and you can feel people around you, or you can see things. I think we're all born with this ability but I think it lays dormant in the majority of people. I think that some people have this ability, but they don't want to develop it because either they're scared of it or it's against their religion or their culture, and they'd rather not have to deal with it. Um, but I think, we all, I think we all have these specific tools when we come here, but, but most of them just lay dormant because people don't want to develop them or can't. You know, in your book, you talk about um, how to ask for a sign, and we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted you to kind of tell people that if they have a loved one, if they're listening in and they have a grandma or a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or someone who's passed, um, can you just give us a little bit about how you do in your book about how to, to ask for a sign and what to do? Well, the main thing about asking a sign is is to actually ask for it. And, and when you do that, you're inviting them in to actually send you a sign. So that's the, the main thing, is, is, is sending out that invitation. Um, you can do it through a prayer or just thinking of them, but it's also very important to don't put any expectations on it. I've had people say, all right, listen, I want a sign, but don't give it to me next week because I'm going on vacation to Mexico, and I'm work, <laughs> you know, or I'm working overtime, and I'm not going to be able to recognize it. I'm just too busy. No, expe- <clears throat> no expectations. Just ask for it, and they'll figure out a way, the best time to give it to you um, and for you to recognize it. And then just let it go. You might not get it for various reasons. Um, you might not be ready for it. Um, there, there might be 
someone still might be going through the grieving process, and that needs to, to, to go a little bit farther. So, but ask for it, let it go, and they'll do the best to be able to uh, give you that sign, and then accept it once you see it. Don't, don't doubt it. Right, right. I think that's it, is just also being open to it. But we are out of time, Joe, so I just want you to give your website, and, uh, and then we'll have to go. My website is joehiggins.com, and they can read my blog and any updating uh, things in my new books coming out. So very easy, just joehiggins.com. Okay, well, when your new book comes out, you give me a call, and we'll do this again, all right? Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. And I'd like to have you join us next Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and listen to our show and also download podcasts. Go to conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests. You can listen to archived interviews. You can write us emails about what's important to you and resolving conflict in your own life. And we wish you the very best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.